Hello everybody, welcome to BM Sports Talk. My name is Blake, I'm a journalism major, and I want to be a sports journalist. Here on my podcast, I'm going to talk about the NFL, NBA, and NCAA football. I'm also going to talk about fantasy football often. I think I should admit my fandom before we go any further. I'm a Miami Hurricanes, Miami Heat, and Miami Dolphins fan. Every week, I'll take a look at some of the best performers in fantasy football of the week and let you know my take on it. I'll also be speaking about some buy low options as well as some sell high options every week. This week, I'll speak about the sell highs first. My first sell high option is Todd Gurley. He had 15.2 fantasy points in week three. He had 80 rushing yards and a touchdown and one catch for two yards. Todd Gurley just isn't who he used to be. Right now, he's RB27 in PPR scoring. Gurley gets no passing game usage, so that really limits him. And he's having trouble after first contact. He's one of the worst running backs in the league after first contact. The Falcons are passing a lot, and they're scoring a lot, and they're very prolific, but it's clear that Gurley isn't as much of a part of it as it seems. Ryan Hill, his backup, also had a few touches and a long touchdown in Week 3. After this game, I think it's the best time to sell high on Gurley. He's not really going to have many good games. He's very touchdown-dependent, in my opinion. So I think that this is the best time to sell high on him and get something worth it for him. My second sell-high option is James Conner. He has 24.9 fantasy points in Week 3. He had 109 rushing yards, a touchdown, and four catches for 40 yards. James Conner has done well the past two weeks. He's gone over 100 yards in Week 2 and Week 3 uh, overall. Yes, it seems great that he's their bell cow and all, but the Steelers have shown that they can go away from him and be successful. In uh, Week 1 against the Giants when he was hurt, Benny Snell substituted in and had an amazing game, a much better game than he did. Added on to his injury history, he's just a risky player to have on your roster. After two performances like that, I think selling high on him and getting a more consistent RB2 is the move. Look for somebody who's very desperate right now and give you anything better than and more consistent than James Conner. My third sell-high option, Odell Beckham Jr. He had 9.9 fantasy points, four catches for 59 yards. Get rid of him for some decent value. Get rid of him for some decent value while you still can. This is a run-heavy offense in Cleveland, and yes, OBJ is one of the most prolific and dynamic talents at wide receiver in the NFL, but that doesn't always translate to fantasy production. Odell Beckham Jr. is not in an offense that has an interest in feeding him the ball, and I doubt this changes. There are just too many mouths to feed in that small passing game that they have. It's a very limited passing game. They like to run first. They are a run-first team. So try your best to swap them for anybody that, uh, and look for somebody in your league that believes in name value and go to them and see if you can get a consistent receiver or running back from them. And there are a few buy-low options that I believe can get you a bang for your buck at a discount. Michael Thomas is my first one. He was last year's wide receiver one. He was the offensive player of the year in the NFL. But he was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain after week one's game against the Buccaneers. This may be the last time that you can get a guy who has a 20-point floor in PPR scoring for the cheap. He hasn't played since week one, but he may be turning, returning in week four or five. Remember, this is a guy who went first round in your drafts. He definitely went first round in your draft, so remember that this could be a discount for whatever you trade for him. I think you'll be happy with the results in a couple of weeks. Let's not forget that Drew Brees loves throwing to Michael Thomas. My second buy-low option is Adam Thielen. He had 12.3 fantasy points, which is three catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. I think he had a rush attempt for four yards. Coming off back-to-back games with three catches, I don't think there would be a better time to trade for Adam Thielen. Seen as the clear-cut number one wide receiver on a team that will always be down in games because they have a very, uh, very depleted defense, and they'll be always be fighting back, so we can get a lot of garbage time points as well. Outside of Justin Jefferson, who just emerged in Week Three, there isn't much of a fight for targets. Elon will always get looks, and he has a nose for the end zone because he has three touchdowns through three weeks. 
Send an offer, and if you can get him for the low, take it. My third and final buy low option is Joe Mixon. He had 8.5 fantasy points. He had 17 rushes for 49 yards and two catches for 16 yards. Joe Mixon has yet to score over 13 points in PPR and has two games of less than 10 points. Yes, that may sound bad, but it can only go up from here. Mixon is locked into touches, having gotten at least 19 touches in each game through three weeks. In fantasy, volume is king, and that's what you get with Mixon. While it may not be resulting in production at the moment, just realize he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Mixon has RB1 potential with the volume he gets, and he will be a steal for you if you can get him for anything less than his original value. Now we'll talk about uh, NCAA football. It was a great week in the NCAA, and I have a few main points I want to get into. My Hurricanes destroyed Florida State 52-10, but this Miami team seems legit. This team seems different. Derek King has a total control of this Rhett Lashley up-tempo and spread offense. The defense is playing great all around. This team just feels different. It feels different than the team in 2017 that was ranked number two at one point. Confident with a quarterback that uh, has the game in his hands and he's in control. We will finally get to see them tested next Saturday against the number one Clemson Tigers. A powerhouse who returns Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Miami checks in at number eight in the AP poll, and we could move up if any top seven team loses this week. Loses this week. Is the U back? Next Saturday is when we find out. I also have another point I want to bring up about rank, the ranking system. Why was LSU ranked in the top 10 knowing that only one starter was returning from their championship team? I believe that the ranking system has somewhat of an issue due to the fact that this is clearly not the same team. Yes, they were the defending national champions, but back to my point, it was not the same team. I'm bringing this up because LSU was upset by unranked Mississippi State and gave up an SEC record 623 passing yards to K.J. Costello and Mike Leach's air raid offense. Now we're going to get into a finals preview. I believe that the, that the Miami Heat, they're my team, have a chance to win this finals. The Heat can win, but they're going to have to go through two top five NBA players. LeBron will be primarily defended by Jay Crowder, but Jimmy Butler will mix in. As you know, they're a very strong defensive team, and the Heat have the bodies to throw at him. I believe that there's about three people on this roster that can guard LeBron James. Well, that can guard LeBron James better than some other people. Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, and Derrick Jones Jr. I was able to just write an article about the importance of Jay Crowder, and I spoke about how he has had, defend, had to defend LeBron before, and that LeBron was able to get the best of him. In 2017, when Jay Crowder was on the Celtics and LeBron was on the Cavaliers, Jay made some good plays, but, you know, LeBron James is going to get the best of you. While I think that matchup is important, I think Bam Adebayo's matchup with Anthony Davis is the key to the series. Bam needs to stay out of foul trouble and match Anthony Davis's minutes. He can't leave his side. Bam needs to stay by Anthony Davis's side at all times if the Heat are going to have a chance in this series. There's nobody on the Miami Heat that can guard Anthony Davis outside of Bam Adebayo. Kelly Olynyk and Myers Leonard are the two other big men on this team, and they're going to have a long night trying to defend Anthony Davis if Bam Adebayo gets in foul trouble. Undoubtedly, the Heat are the deeper team, and that could be the deciding factor. With a very top-heavy team, that could be a question mark for the Lakers. You know what you're going to get out of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but which Lakers player steps up and solidifies himself as the third option? Is it Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Rajon Rondo? Who's it going to be? This third player is going to have to play great in order for the Lakers to have a chance to win. Because your top two players in LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know what you're going to get with them. They're going to give you 
They're each going to give you 20 points. LeBron's going to give you 10 assists, and they're both going to get a lot of rebounds. But in order for the Lakers to come out on top, the rest of the team needs to step up. The Miami Heat are a very well-rounded team that love the three-point shot and will be heavily relying on it with Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee down low. We're going to need big games out of Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, Goran Dragic. The perimeter shooting is key for the Miami Heat because the Los Angeles Lakers have an incredible paint defense. So Goran Dragic will have to be very, very good on the perimeter because he loves his slashing. Um, the Heat play incredible team defense, and their zone has been dominant. Keeping the Lakers out of transition will be key. The Lakers are one of the best transition teams in the entire NBA, and they've been the best in the playoffs. They average 23.3 points per game in transition throughout 15 playoff games, and that is the most by far. Keeping the Lakers out of transition will be key for the Miami Heat. LeBron James in transition is very dangerous. He can go to the cup with a full head of steam. He can pass out to an open shooter. The Lakers are dangerous on the fast break. They score on 53.8% of their fast breaks. Forcing the Lakers into slowing their game down and playing half-court offense will be essential to containing the Lakers. The Lakers have trouble outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis creating shots and creating offense. But I believe that if the Heat can force them into playing half-court offense, considering how good the Heat's zone has been in the playoffs, I believe that this can be a very good series. I believe that the Heat can be the underdog. I believe that the underdog Heat can come out with a win. And it's all dependent on defense, uh, our scoring, and stopping LeBron in transition. Bam Adebayo's going to have to stay out of foul trouble. I believe that those will be the keys to a Heat championship. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you enjoyed BM Sports Talk, please leave a rate on uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you have any suggestions for what you want me to talk about, or if you want to come on the show, my Twitter is underscore Blake Malik. My Instagram is Blake.1K. Thank you again for tuning in.